Um, I, I don't know. Uh, I know I thought we had a team that was ready to play. Um, I don't think the weather had anything to do with it. I don't think cold anything to do with it. We got pushed around on both sides of the ball up front, um, made mistakes, uh, weren't physical on the perimeter. Um, we got pushed around a little bit tonight, and uh, whether that's a mindset or, or what it is, I don't know, but uh, it's disappointing. What did you tell your team afterwards? Uh, we had a long talk just now. Uh, I don't have time to tell you everything, but uh, I know where this is going. There's going to be ups and downs. Things are never as good as you think, never as bad as you think, but I know we need to get a lot better at some basic things. And um, I want the guys to get away for a couple of days and get ready to come back and go to work. We need to be a more physical team. We need to be a smarter team. Um, I, don't, I don't like coaching a, a team that isn't the most physical in the football team, and we weren't. I give them a ton of credit tonight. Um, they were the more physical football team, and um, we're going to do whatever we have to to make sure and address that. All right, that was Scott Frost, presser after the Nebraska falls to at Minnesota, 34 to 7, and what I believe to be Nebraska's most embarrassing loss of the Scott Frost era. Um, stop me if you hear, heard this before, but uh, Nebraska looked undisciplined, ill prepared, and out physical on the road against a team that uh, they should be matched up well against talent wise. Um, after getting punched in the mouth early, um, the most unfortunate part was that. Uh, not only did they look ill-prepared and uh, undisciplined, they looked disinterested in playing football and being out there competing on the field, which is disheartening to coaches, fans, to everybody involved with it. But uh, um, welcome into episode eight of the Big Red Revival. As always, I'm your host, Taylor Goldenstein. Sitting with me, we've got the coach, Drew Burson, and we got the, the quarterback, Zach Raby. Zach, um, on the team, uh, very lacking being uh, not too senior heavy um, and with a coach and staff being in their second year, it's hard to, I guess, place accountability and blame on who, where this falls at, but where do you, where do you see the accountability falling on why Nebraska is in the place they are currently? Well, I just think it, it comes down to, you know, leadership and accountability and, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways you can look, but I mean, how many times do we have to hear this one is on me or we need to keep getting better? Yeah. after games it's just seems like it's the same narrative and same song and dance yeah and, and after each loss we hear these things from players and coaches or not even just a loss just you know it could be a win too where we know that we didn't get it done on the field right and it just seems that they're saying them to say them there just doesn't seem to be any heart or emotion in our locker room right now yeah and you know frost has always talked about molding his players into better players and better men and i'm sure we will eventually see that in his tenure but right now it just sounds like everyone is just trying to say the right thing but no one is being held accountable for the obvious struggles that w thus far this season. Yeah. And, and, and this, this to me just feels like we're lacking serious leadership from our seniors and our top players, like you said, Taylor. And, you know, last year we had some vocal guys in seniors, Tanner Farmer and Gerald Foster and say what you right. want about their, say what you want about their on-field performance. But uh, because in most cases it was less than desirable, but uh -huh. you know, they held their peers accountable for their actions on and off the field. And they were a hundred percent bought into what Frost wanted to do here. And, and um, you know, the team improved throughout the year because of their presence in the locker room and their personal improvement on the field. 
Right. And, you know, I've just looked and looked and looked, and I just don't see it on this team. Some may, some, some may bring up Mo Berry as the leader of this team, but how many times have you really seen him getting after a teammate on the sideline or elsewhere? Zero. I, I haven't seen it. No. And I, I love the guy, and I do think he pours his heart and soul into this team, but we just don't have that guy or guys that are going to call somebody out from a mistake or a mental lapse. Right. And, you know, there's obviously, you know, other types, other types of leaders um, outside of the, the rah-rah type of guy, but – it, there's the lead by example type that you know, um, you know that we don't. It's see not gonna. It's right on our team. No, <laughs> and and that's that's the rah rah guy, or that's the opposite of the rah rah guy, where they're not they're not trying to go out there and get everyone fired up. But you better damn believe that these types of will go out and make a gutsy play to get that third down stop, or, right? Or fight for that extra yard to move the sticks. And guess what? We don't see any of those types of the leaders on this on this team consistently either. And I just think this team needs to take a long look in the mirror and even look at what changed midway through last season and figure out what they want to be this season and how they can get there. And they right. have two weeks to reflect on what's transpired this season. And I believe if we can get some guys to start taking control of this thing, we can right the ship and finish strong. Yeah, you know, there's a uh, famous quote, you know, about, uh, about football teams. It says, you know, on bad teams, no one leads. On average teams, the coaches lead. And on great teams, the players leave. And that's, and that's where we're at right now. We're an average team. The coaches are the ones leading the team still. I mean, I, I think it just tells you a lot about the team that a, a uh, transfer player can come in here and be a, be a captain. This first year, the guy's been on campus 30 days, and he's a team captain. I mean, <laughs> I, res- I respect that and all. And he seems like a guy that, you know, that uh, has got a couple leadership uh, tendencies, but I mean, you know, the Davis twins, you guys have been here for four fucking years and mm-hmm. you, you guys aren't, you guys are letting some guy walk into your deep <clears throat> and he's now the, he's the alpha male. He's the leader of the room. Hey, give me a fucking break. You know, <laughs> somebody's got to step up and take responsibility for this team. And it can't just be the coaches because the coaches can only take you so far. I mean, mm-hmm. Drew, you're at the high school level. You, you're on a struggling team. I mean, how, how is it for a coach to be wanting to win more than the players do. What, what does that tell you? What's that put in your head from a coaching perspective? Well, that's my living nightmare currently. Um, <laughs> literally, like every day we tell the players, we're like we cannot light the fire for you and get you fired up every single time. We can't play for you. Like you have to learn to play for yourself. And they're still struggling with that. Some of it's some of came came you know came a long way and gotten better, but it is. In, it's crazy frustrating. We care about winning every play and every down and every game way more than the players do. Right. And it's crazy. Your team's, your team's not going to be very good when your team is comprised of that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where you guys want to start at, but, you know, unfortunately there's, there's not one aspect of football that Nebraska is doing any, anywhere even close to average right now. But I think the glaring, obviously, uh, thing is the offensive line play. Um, you know, uh, you, I, we've been riding, especially myself, been riding Cam Jurgens um, all, all year about his snaps. And now his first game, the snaps are uh, not an <laughs> issue at all. They're decent. But then the rest <laughs> of the line, I mean, you know, everybody's seen the one play where 56, I think it's Bo Wilson. I mean, yep. just I – mean, It was Hicks. It was, was Hicks. Hickson, was Trent it? Hickson? Yeah, I think, yeah. Hickson also, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There was probably beauty. multiple plays. I mean, who are we yeah. kidding? Yeah. <laughs> They're definitely getting pushed around a lot. Um, and you know, the offensive line play, it just, it just dictates everything you want to do in football. Um, everybody knows football is one in the trenches and, you know, I'm, I'm tired of hearing that we've got to get bigger, faster, stronger. I mean, give me a goddamn break with that shit. They're acting like Zach Duvall 
is just going to turn these guys into some super players because they've lifted a little bit more muscle. I mean, you guys have played at the college level. The guy pressing the most on the team and squatting the team is never the best player on the team or anywhere near it. You know, nope. I for offensive line play, especially for me, it's a more of a mentality than it is an actual talent. How do you guys feel about that? Taylor, I completely agree with you. You have to have the right mentality to go out and smash and do your job and be gritty, nasty, punch under the pile, do whatever you got to do. You know what I mean? You got to have that mean streak. And I know for sure as a player and a coach, if I had five dudes with that mean streak, I mean, how happy are you to run the ball? Yeah. Well, well, yeah. And I think it, it, you know, if you have a good skill set and you have a skill set to set you up for, you know, decent success on each play in each series, your mentality will naturally change. And, and ultimately playing offensive line is just battle after battle after battle. And when you yeah. start losing those battles on each play, your confidence is shot and your mentality is shot. And then we see what we saw last Saturday. Right. Especially on the interior line play. I mean, if you're playing left tackle, uh, yeah, you've got a little bit more skill, you know, your kicks, your kick step and all that. And you got a defensive end, but when you're playing guard, especially, I mean, that is literally just a fist fight in a phone booth every single fucking play. So that is just mono y mono. So that's, I, you know, give me an undersized guy. You know, give me, give me somebody that wants to go out there and whip somebody's ass every single play. Who, who is that center we had a couple, like probably five, six years ago that just the tiniest little guy, but he was just a beast in the middle. Like, oh, yeah. It was shit. That was under Pliny, wasn't Capula? it? Yeah. Caputo? Mike Caputo. Mike, Mike, Mike Caputo. Yeah. yeah. That, I, I love that guy because that's exactly what he was that you just described. Exactly. Like. I mean, you know, look at, uh, you know, maybe not our best in school history that was obviously Remington but Dominic Royola I mean oh yeah oh man Jesus Christ made I himself mean, a living right a, you know it's the Royolas the incognitos it's those kind of guys that unfortunately you want on your offense line you've got to have a nasty streak to play offense line we've got too and many, Dominic and Sue yeah <laughs> we've got too many nice guys on our line and you know after uh the performance that we've had the last couple of weeks with uh with offense line play I mean, everybody's job's got to be on the line, right? I mean, it's absolutely. Yeah. You would think so, yeah. You'd, yeah. I hope yeah, so. I mean, right. I, we, I mean, we had uh, what six incoming freshmen that uh, uh, offense linemen. So it's time to whether they're undersized or not, or maybe not uh, physically as strong as the other guys. It's time to give them a look because right now these guys aren't even giving them a one-two count. I mean, they are literally basically yeah. their turnstiles. That's all yeah. the offense line currently is. Um, a hilarious yeah. and accurate analogy, Taylor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fucking, I don't know what else to say. I mean, that's exactly what I think of when I think of Bob. It is. So that's, it is. Um, but, I mean, you know, we're, we're 10 minutes in. We haven't got to the most glaring thing is that uh, uh, Adrian Martinez obviously didn't start or play this game uh, due to injury from the previous game. But uh, Noah Vedral got in, and, you know, I think we can put to rest the – the, the consideration, the rumors of, well, maybe it's Martinez. The guy's regressed and, you know, maybe it's a sophomore slump. Well, you know what? The same thing happened with Vedral in there. Vedral looked mm-hmm. out, went out there and he looked more than serviceable. I mean, I thought in the run game, he actually looked uh, more decisive and, and faster than uh, Adrian Martinez. But yep. uh, when it was uh, come to the passing, uh, his pocket presence wasn't really there. He wasn't stepping up, climbing that pocket when uh, there were opportunities. But, uh, been serviceable so it just kind of more points a light on what the actual problem is and it's the offensive line to me uh, do you yeah. what else do you guys see out there from the offense well i think uh you know you're talking about leading by example the closest thing we have to that is true freshman wandale robinson just making plays out there getting crushed making plays 
unfortunately, which I love Zach Stoll, but but Jack Stoll, but God, he missed a block and ended up getting Wandale's ankle cracked on that one play. Right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I think we um, I think we definitely put a, a lot more than we needed to on Vedral and Wandale's shoulders to start that game off. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean. Vedral ran 15 times for 49 yards, like 15 design runs. They weren't I – mean, there, there might have been one or two in there that were scrambles. But right. All, like the whole first drive was him and Wandale. Yeah. I mean, they pretty much took us down the field. The first drive was great. Yep. But, again, we what can't – Yeah. <laughs> it's like after all those times, were the good old days back earlier this year when we could talk about how good we were on script. Yeah. Well, first that, place. Is, that right. is completely changed now. Absolutely. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's, we're the kind of team that uh, we go into a big, big 10 road game and uh, we put the, put the game on the shoulder, shoulders of a five, nine, 175 true freshman. You know, that's, that's where we're at as a program where we need a five, nine, 175 fr- true freshman to come out, play quarterback, running back receiver, and be the best player on the field and save our ass. And, you know, them and Vedral and, and what happened to them by the end of the game, both of them knocked out of the game. Yeah. Well, and also, did you guys feel that like when Wanda went down, just deflated? Like, oh god, now we have no chance. Like that's how I felt. Right. Um, And you know, just I don't know the weather. People are going to talk about the weather, but to me, it wasn't that Hmm. bad. You guys played in cold weather games before. It wasn't zero degrees or twenty to below. It was thirty degrees with a little sleet, so not terrible condition. Both teams had to play in the game, so it's um, just play ball. Just play ball. But going back to last episode, does it make you wonder, like, when we talked about what each team was doing to prepare for, for the game? Right. Yeah. You Minnesota know. was actually preparing for the cold and preparing for the elements and things. And Nebraska just comes out and just says, hey, we're just – it's just a mindset. Yeah. It's so not a real our, thing. Our, our, our mindset was absolutely terrible. <laughs> yeah. Our <laughs> mindset was get punched in the mouth. Yeah. Uh, flat came said, oh, you know, we've turned – the AC down in the indoor practice facility. We have our skilled players dipping their hands in ice to get ready for the game. And then Troy Watts, oh, well, you know, I, we don't believe in that it's, stuff. It's just a mindset. mindset. We're going to go out there and do our thing. Guess what your thing was? Getting punched in the goddamn mouth 34 to, 34 to nothing before you decide to even score a touchdown. Uh, when yeah, they, Minnesota's <laughs> already reeling it in. So that's what you guys prepared for. So that's and, and that's terrific. And, that was part of my concern last last week is I, I even mentioned it. It's like, you know, I don't like where the coaches' mindset are. That's that's yeah. where it starts. That's where it starts. Yeah. And and that's how they're gonna approach the week. That's how our players came out and played that week. Yeah. I hope they go ahead and throw away the plan that they had for Minnesota last week. Throw that away. We're definitely need to, it's not a mindset. We need to prepare. Yeah, you know, the coaches uh, on our coach staff, uh, you know, Frost especially, they have the uh, kind of the smartest guy in the room. Which I, I heard Colin Cowherd say at one time that uh, the smartest guy in the room, it's time to find a new room. You know, and <laughs> it's, it's, you he know, says a lot though. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what he gets paid to do. But it's true. 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 It's like, you know, if you have that mentality, it's time to do something else. And like, you're never the smartest guy in the room. You never know more, know more than everybody else. And as much as we want to talk shit about PJ Fleck and his, Row, row the boat. Well, you know what? He rode it all the way up and down the field on us for the tune of about 300 rushing yards um, and ran up the score on us. So, but, but here's the thing though. So we, we need to like take a step back because PJ yep. Fleck is in his third year. Correct. He was the hot, he was the hottest coaching name coming out in the, the coaching carousel or whatever you want to call it that yep. year. 
And we're going to, we, you know, who's to say we, we aren't in their same position at six and zero next, next year. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know people are doing maybe a lot. It's of, not, maybe people, it wasn't two, a two year thing. Maybe it's the third year we see it take off because whatever. Yeah. So. And, you know, I think our schedule sets up similar to theirs. Um, Next year, I think we have a pretty manageable first seven games of the season, where and then the back four games uh, get tough. But um, you know, it, that's another thing that kind of irks me is that you know after this loss, that uh, fans and media are already talking about uh, not even next year, they're talking about you know season twenty twenty one. You know, it's like, come on, guys, there's five games left. There's a lot to play for still. And oh yeah, we got four wins. You know anything's possible, you know, you get your mind right, you know, there's enough talent on this team that, you know, anything's possible. I mean, outside of beating our uh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the rest machine, of, the rest, the rest <laughs> of our games, the other four of our games either favored or within a touchdown uh, spread of all the other four games. So anything's possible down the stretch. So these guys, especially the seniors need to buckle up and, you know, realize there's still a lot to play for, you know, bowl games, bowl position, beating uh, your nemesis, Iowa, for the first time. These seniors haven't done that. So, you know, I don't want to hear fans and media and all that shit talk about next season and 2021 and all that crap because there's still a lot to play for. And, you know, we say we win, you know, three of these next games, I mean, and then win a bowl game, put us at eight and five. I think the whole state and the team and the program are going to be feeling a hell of a lot better about themselves and this program, we're in the direction it's headed, uh, if, you know, something like that happens. So, you know, it just needs to stay the course and keep the heads down and go back to work. Um, you know, we brought up uh, Minnesota. They're now, what, 6-0? Yeah, 8-0 straight. Eight, eight games straight, too. Yeah. And since uh, us, them coming to Lincoln last year and getting their tails whipped, uh, they are 10-2 and two in their last mm-hmm. 12 games. So, um, they found something going on there. And I'll tell you what, Minnesota – you know, we were looking at the numbers and we talked about it last week. I was like, you know, the numbers are telling me that this team's a really good team. I mean, mm-hmm. they've got three receivers, uh, three big receivers. They probably have the best trio of receivers in the Big Ten. They've got three running backs deep and they have a quarterback that is playing, um, you know, great. I mean, he's thrown, he's completing 70% of his passes. He's on a 14 touchdown to three interception clip. I mean, that's exactly what you want from your quarterback. So, uh, Minnesota is a pretty decent team, and they're better than uh, <coughs> better than uh, their early season results. Uh, yeah, well, to. that's that's what a Big Ten offense should look like, though. You know, right. they could have easily gone over a hundred, or they could have easily had all three running backs go over a hundred yards on us. Yeah, they had oh, yeah. easily Roddy Smith one hundred and thirty nine yards, Brooks ninety nine, and Ibrahim eighty four with three touchdowns. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's what it, that's what a Big Ten offense should look like: solid QB play, running backs with size and speed, and receivers that can be burners or or possession guys, right. and then a big physical offensive line. Yep. And uh, you know, speaking of the big big uh, receivers, um, the receivers are top three receivers: six one, two hundred five, six four, two twenty, and six three, two ten. Um, our receivers go. Uh, 5'7", 190, uh, 5'8", uh, 185. I mean, we don't have one receiver, <coughs> excuse me, over over six foot tall. Isn't Noah over six foot? Noah's listed at six foot. So which, Oh, really? So that tells you that. that. Uh, so you know he's 5'11". <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. 5'10", probably, with shoes on. Yeah, so, right. um, and probably can't jump the lick either. So <laughs> Minnesota's, Minnesota's skills, skill uh, players were just – bigger than ours i mean we we have no size on our uh 
our skill positions on offense. Um, especially when it comes to, like I said, it's, it's fall time now. It's going to be snowing. It's going to be cold out. I mean, bigger, stronger, faster matter, especially on the perimeter. I mean, you know, it's the fast guys can do it, but uh, it's, you know, it's sometimes nice to have a, uh, a guy that's six four can jump out of the gym to go up and get yeah. the ball instead of. And he, even Stanley Morgan is only like six one six two, but right, he played, he played bigger than that. Yeah. He yes. played bigger than that, and he served as that as that guy. We just have a bunch of slot receivers out there. Yeah. And we've got twenty eight slot receivers on our team. They're not doing anybody <laughs> any good out there on the on the hash mark or uh, beyond the hash marks running running big boy routes. They right. need to be they need to be going underneath the underneath the coverage and and you know being in the slot and, and, and uh, shifting over and motioning over and just confusing the defenses, but right. and, nope, they're you know, lined up mention, like a six, four guy should be, you know, not to mention uh, Frost's favorite uh, offensive play call, the wide receiver screen. Well, guess what? Those guys aren't able to block. block the I was just going to say, so how it. good are those guys blocking on the edge? They're probably I not mean, as good as a bigger dude. How many I times, mean, how many times have you seen the wide receiver screen run? That's gotten more than three yards. I don't know. One or two. How many times? And, have you, and, how many times? And then they run around? that one. Yeah, how many times have yeah. you seen it ran and it's went for negative or no yards at all? And their first touchdown came on a wide receiver screen. Right. Yep. Exactly. Right down the middle. And oh, yeah. the number one thing on a wide receiver screen is you've got to have your receivers block it. Otherwise, there's mm-hmm. nothing going on. I mean, that was that's what happened on that uh, couple of games ago when he threw the uh, – they motioned out Mo Washington and threw a screen pass in the end zone. Well, guess what? The guys out there didn't get their block and <laughs> got blown up for a safety. So, <laughs> just it's just little things that – I don't know. It, it's it's everything. It's the line play. It's the mm-hmm. offensive play. It's the mentality. The play calls. It's the play calling. It's the it's the lack of. I mean, I think this game we saw a lot more guys get in the game and get looks. Um, but it's it's just a lack of uh, you know substitutions, letting other guys play. The guys that are out there playing and are not performing up to snuff. You know, it, he doesn't seem to want to uh, pull them out of the game and you know give somebody else a look. And that brings me to my next point of, you know, Scott Frost's loyalty. Um, at what point does this start to become a bad thing? I mean, when Frost was hired here, he did uh, an unprecedented thing, a thing that I've, I've never seen a coach do, um, but got hired here. And, you know, first thing I was saying, well, you know, who's he going to get at coordinators and all this, this, that, and third. He brought his entire goddamn staff with him, which was at the time an unheard of move. Um, yeah, I was blown away. Yeah, from the staff to, um, you know, the lack of rotation, staying with Cam Jurgens, um, you know, through seven games when he's done absolutely nothing to uh, keep a spot, to the other offensive line play, to, you know, uh, was, uh, the Mo Washington situation, um, you know, just it just a variety of things that it just seems like Scott Frost has his guys and he's going to ride or die with those guys. So I, th- I think part of that is the fact that, like, he became a head coach for the first time, put the staff together, had awesome success in his first two years. Yep. And it's like, why, why break that up though? Yeah. And so I, I can see where he's coming from there, but I can also see where you're coming from Taylor. And it's, it's never been done. No one has ever got a new coaching position and brought their entire coaching staff with them. Oh, I didn't know that. That's crazy. No, that was unheard of, I, man. Yeah, I I thought it was a I thought it was a good move at first, and I agree. I'm, I agree. I'm still I'm still on the fence about it because I still want to see what what we do, you know, a little bit more long long term. Because yeah. I, I I see I I saw glimpses of greatness in our offense last year and right. only the first year, and I'm seeing improvement for the most part. 
on defense this year. I think our linebacker play needs to get much better, but oh, yeah. I, I see I, I do see I do see improvement on the defense too. But yeah. it's just hard it's hard to pinpoint one area where we would potentially make a move or whatever because there's so many holes in so many different places on our team. Right. Um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, one of the – obviously we've talked about offensive line, but um, from everything coming out from media, staff, uh, that Greg Austin is uh, thought of very highly around, around the, uh, the offices. So they, they think he's a good recruiter and uh, can get this going. So I don't think that's – that he would be on the hot seat, even though um, I think we say that position has been – the worst among uh, all the other coaches positions. But I mean, when do you start to look at uh, the special teams? Um, you know, I saw that brought up on Twitter this week and then that was a big, big deal because that's Javon DeWitt's um, area. And it's like, Oh, well, he's just coming back from cancer. And do you, that's cold blooded to think of that. It's like, listen, this is a business. We're paying you $300,000 a year to coach. And this is a results oriented business also. If you're collecting a $300,000 check from us, we're going to need to see results, whether, you know, uh, you're sick, you're not sick. Um, but would, would you be saying this if our kicking game was better, if we had Barrett Pickering and he was making field goals? Um, I don't know. Would we be saying that if we had better offensive line play and, you know, we're scoring touchdowns left, right? No, I don't know. we wanted, but we're not. You know? <laughs> yeah, I know. So just... if you're the special teams coach, well, where's your, where's your backup kicker at? Where's, where's not, it's not just the kicking game. It's the yeah. kick return game. It's the um, the kickoffs. It's the, the punt returns. It's we the punt do. return. Yeah, did, yeah. did you guys see the uh, the fake punt we ran? That was the yeah. worst fake punt I've ever seen in my Not entire good. life. But, hey, t- Taylor, think about this, though, because my coach on the hot seat is also Javon DeWitt. But yep. I would say it's because, A, I don't think he's done a bang-up job on either one, either special teams or outside linebackers coach, right? Neither right. of them are really top flight. He's oh, been there God. for two years. Do you think it's because that's too much for him to do? I mean, do we just have him coach outside linebackers or special teams? Yeah, take take a load off his plate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the guy's coming back from cancer. I mean, geez, get the, give the guy one job. Right. And, you know, it, you don't have to have – you know, you, have, you only have ten coaches. But, I mean, I remember a couple of years ago where um, – um, what's, what's the old quarterback's name that went with Bo Pelini? Um, oh, God. Joe Gans. Joe Gans. He was yeah. a graduate assistant, and he was the actual quarterback coach for the team. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, special teams and outside linebackers, you can get one of those assistants or, I mean, graduate assistants or whatever to run that. Um, because, yeah, Drew, like you said, the outside linebackers are uh, not getting it done either. I mean, Alex Davis, not, uh, garbage. that guy is literally just a body <laughs> on the field and nothing more, nothing less. He is literally a body on the field. He does nothing good, uh, does a lot of things bad, and makes no big plays at all. So. Yeah. He- he just fits the bill, though. I mean, he showed promise in a few games, but just like everyone else, he's fizzled out. Right. Yeah, and he doesn't have that killer mentality either. I mean, he just he's like big and slow. He's right. not getting coverage. He can't rush the passer, but he's also not strong enough to like take on run blocks. It was like, what the hell are you doing, man? Yeah. What, what was his good game? What was his good game? Uh, it was like it was. It was the one I, where I think uh, Lamar Jackson sacked the guy, and the ball dude, basically bounced right yeah. in the end zone, so he got a touchdown. Scored a, t- like, he scored a touchdown. Scored a touchdown. Another fumble recovery. Yeah, he did absolutely nothing for it besides Lamar Jackson. Being he was just kind of a safety in the backfield, just right place, right time. Exactly, right. exactly. <laughs> uh, but no, Drew, you know, saying that brings up my next point of um, we don't have any damn dogs on this team. We don't have no. one dog on this entire goddamn team that's playing. There's not one guy that you think, that, oh, this guy, you know, he could go off any, you know, borderline getting a fist fight every play. 
we don't have one dog on this entire team. We've got a bunch of nice guys and then a bunch of fake tough guys. Like, uh, you know, the Davis brothers seem to think that, uh, you know, they're, they're in the cheap shot in business now. Um, <laughs> you know, they got suspended for the one game. Then he came back this game. And, business has been the bad. Guy, and I thought Frost was going to kill him. Did you see him get pulled out of the game? Yeah. yeah. He, ripped, he was ripping his ass. Yeah, exactly. And benched for the rest of the game. He didn't play the rest of the game. It's like, so we got a bunch of nice guys and a bunch of fake tough guys. We need some dogs on the team. Every team. No matter football, basketball, hockey. I mean, hockey. The facilitator. Yeah, hockey has the <laughs> position. They have a goon on the team. Like that's <laughs> The enforcer. It's got a yeah. name. It's like, a well-known yeah. position. Exactly. It's like, this guy's a left wing, this guy's the goalie, and this is an enforcer. Like, that's his position. We don't have, <laughs> this... we don't have that guy. So, just. I, I mean, the Mighty Ducks had two of them. <laughs> exactly. And how big were they? How big were they when it came, came time? Crucial. Big, crucial. They're big time. Crucial they're big down time. the stretch. So it's, you know, it's so Nebraska is lacking players and they're lacking a dog. Two very, very important things in football, especially. So it's, uh, you know, and then, you know, you've got Darian Daniels getting into it with guys on Twitter after the game. I didn't I didn't see this. Tell me more about this. Oh, somebody said I tried to go and look back and, and somebody called was... called him soft, soft as a teddy bear or something. <laughs> oh, well, why don't we line up and girls and you tell me that it's like. Shut the fuck up, man. Like, yeah, fucking, yeah, they're, the dude might put you on your goddamn back like a turtle like Minnesota did, you know? So, just, <laughs> it's like, stay off of the, you know, stay off of Twitter. Don't be going at it with fans. Yeah. They look stupid as hell. It makes, you look it stupid. Does. It makes the whole team look stupid. Um, and fans, don't be tweeting at fucking, at kids. You have to do the mm. day. They're right. kids, and it's one thing. The guy's that, 20, 22 or 23 at most. Right. <laughs> exactly. So, um but, uh, you know, we're four games into conference play. Um, and right now, Nebraska's being outscored 69 to 130 in conference play between four games. So we've got two wins and two complete blowouts. Uh, two, it's one thing to get blown out by Ohio State. It's another thing to get ran off the field by Minnesota, who we feel that we have as good or comparable talent to, if not better than. And to get boat raced, uh, no pun intended, exactly it's just like when when is this team going to get off the ground i mean we uh the illinois game was a comeback they uh, come from behind and then the uh northwestern game you know came down to a last second field goal in a 10 to 13 game so we haven't played haven't played well against any top-notch competition yet this season what do you what do you guys expect going forward for these last five games well, I, just last year, it just seemed like we were out scheming teams in the second half of the uh, of the year. You know, the first right. half was whatever. You know, we dealt with you know the Martinez injury and and kind of just the growing pains of the new coaching staff and and scheme and everything. But then you saw the last six games where we kind of took off and we were competitive. We were beating teams. We were we were looking good, and that's why we got all the hype that we didn't deserve uh, going into this year. <laughs> But we would come in with a game plan and we would execute it. And it was just, it was just like so well executed, or not executed, but well designed to, towards that opponent right. that we, we could just catch them off guard. I mean, I'm looking at the Ohio State game um, and then also the Minnesota game. You know, right. we came in there and we just kind of shocked them. Like they didn't think that they were going to see this type, this type of effort and, and look from, from us and, and we, we kind of gave them the business. We didn't close out Ohio State, but I don't know if it's – We were winning the whole game. 
Yeah, it's, it's yeah. just halftime adjustments or game plans. Uh, we just <laughs> seem to start to be outcoached. Yeah, speaking of. And, and, and it just seems like our coaching staff doesn't really understand the personnel that we have. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of halftime adjustments, um, this Minnesota game, we go, we are completely outplayed and dominated for the whole first half of the game. Could have been down and should have probably been down 30, 30 nothing. We found ourselves down only 14 nothing, which was a miracle in itself. Um, you know, I was on daddy duty all weekend. So I go upstairs to feed the baby, change the baby real quick. And I'm like, okay, you know, halftime adjustments only down two scores. You know, there's a chance here. We turn this around. I come yeah. downstairs and we are one minute into the second half. And these motherfuckers have already given up a touchdown in 60 seconds. It's like, <laughs> this has been a problem throughout the season now is coming out and struggling in the third quarter outside of the game, uh, in Illinois, where we came out and actually put up. But halftime adjustments have been an issue for this coaching staff and this team. What, what, what's the issue? Drew, what do you think the issue is of the scheme or the coaching adjustments made halftime-wise? Well, to me, it just feels like, uh, kind of like we were talking about earlier, like last year, their scheme's really good, their play calling was good, but the players were making plays. I don't think we've had enough plays being made, kind of like making the play even though the blocking might not be there or something. And now I think Frost is just freezing up, and they're just like in a shell – they're not going exotic. They're not, you know, using right. enough motions. I mean, I think they're just kind of all bundled up and they don't know how to get out of that funk. Yeah. It's, um, you know, going into this game, you know, obviously we knew the weather was going to be not great. So chance of snow, cold. Uh, before the game, I tweeted out, I go, this is the type of game that you'd like to see Diedrich Mills um, have his <laughs> breakout game. And, uh, you know, and a lot of people are like, yeah, definitely. This is the kind of game where, you know, you're bigger bruising back uh, would, would be, you know, the time to give him the rock. Well, Diedrich Mills had one carry in the first half. I mean, it's, and not, not that we weren't running the ball because for some reason we we're giving the ball to Mo Washington up the middle, which um, I think yeah. the whole state of Nebraska is agreement that we never want to see him run the ball uh, between the tackles ever again. Um, what, I mean, what, give me a reason why that would happen where we're having Diedrich Mills, one carry in the first half, then he gets his carries in the second half and he's running outside and we've got Paul I think Washington we, running inside. I just think they're trying to like outthink themselves and like, Oh, maybe they won't think that this is going to happen, but I don't give a shit if they think it's going to happen or not. You can still execute your plays, run your bread and butter. Let's go. Right. Yeah. And, and like, I don't know. i I think they got a little too high on Wandale Robinson, to be, to be honest. I mean, they thought, yeah. well, you know what? We're going to give it to this playmaker because he's the only one been making plays when right. it counts up to this point. We're, we're going to ride with him, and I guess we're going to ride with Vedral nine times uh, in the running game in the first half. And <laughs> let's, let's just see if this works. And right. It's like, come on, guys. Like, Yeah. And, you know, it looks like when Mo Washington runs the ball up the middle, or between the tackles, it's like he's looking to hit the home run every time. It's like, brother, you know, what's the old saying? You'll never go broke taking a, taking a profit. Yes. And that, you know, that holds true. You know, sometimes the play is only going to get you three yards. You know what? Three <laughs> yards, it, you know, sometimes is necessary. I mean, how many times we have to punt on fourth and two, fourth and one, God. fourth and three? It's like three yards adds up very quickly. So, it's, you know, you got to just take what the defense gives you. It's not going to be – a home run opportunity every single time. And, you know, for him, he's, he's hitting the hole. He's not hitting the holes. He's get, getting the ball and kind of slide shuffling and kind of yeah, waiting for a hole. Looking. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's an outside runner or a receiver and that's it. Like that's right. it. That's exactly. the end of the story. That's exactly. All, that's what he is. And you have, you have an inside runner and you got the, the, 
the playmaker uh, in Wandale. Like, come on, just use them. Use yeah, them do together. what they're good at. Do what they're good at. Yeah, yeah. Like, maybe, fake it, a, maybe fake an inside run to Diedrich and then run the option with Mo Wash or Wandale on the edge. Right. And call me crazy, but develop a package with all three of them in there and just yeah. really make the, make the defenders the head spin. Yeah, exactly. Right. Put your most explosive uh, players out on the field together and, you know, have, make the defense think about a couple yeah. of things. Because clearly we can get by with only having two of our receiving core on the field and then get those three guys out there because our receiving core ain't deep. No, my God, no. no. Um, you know, we finally saw a couple other guys in the second half get in the game uh, receiver-wise. Uh, we finally saw the return. Um, I think he had maybe got a play or two in the previous games, but uh, Cade Warner. I mean, yeah. this guy, great this guy, catch, made a great catch yeah. great on a catch, great throw. Uh, yeah, throw the ball over his head, dropped right in his hands, fucking uh, receiver or DB draped all over him. Still made, made two more catches on that drive. And that was what the drive that set up the touchdown uh, from Dedrick Mills. Um, Kay Warner is a guy that needs to be starting. Uh, yeah. Because that one, he blocks on the edge. Too. Yes, I, he does. Got, exactly. I was going to say that. It's like, it's not only his ball catching skills. It's not his route running. It's his blocking, and that's what you get from a, a coach's son. Um, you know, obviously his dad, you know, obviously he's taught him football. He's grew up around football his whole life. He knows what it takes to play winning football, and blocking is part of that, especially downfield blocking and an offense like we run. So I'd definitely like to see him get some more uh, plays in there. And then, um, you know, a couple of the freshmen got in, but uh, nothing of real any substance from him. So – um, you know, what do where do we think is the biggest difference from last year's team to this year's team? You know, last week we talked about, well, we would like to have a Zigbo or Stanley Morgan back. Uh, kind of getting into it more, it's like, would it be taking those two guards back, you know? Yeah, I was just going to say, I think I've changed my answer. I think I want some of those other senior leaders around to make us meaner and tougher and, and better. Right, you know, Foster and um, – and Tanner Farmer, I mean, because that seems to be our weakest position on the field right now is our two guards. Um, it's our weakest position, and those guys were also the vocal leaders and the captains mm-hmm. on our team last year. So you, do, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because I definitely, uh, definitely dog talked those guys last year, but um, you know they're kind of showing their importance mm-hmm. um, in comparison to this year's team. So, um, but it's. Uh, Unfortunately, I thought I thought Bo Wilson. He's an undersized, looks mean, kind of sawed off, you know, snobby yep. dude. I thought he was going to be that guy, and I have not seen. Have you guys seen it from him? I have not really. No, no, I've seen nothing, uh, nothing positive from him. So I'm wondering if they're going to. Uh, well, he got benched for uh, to bring in Brock Bando. Um, so Bando got in there in the second half, seventy three, got some playing time, and I'm wondering if this week uh, we see um, uh, Bryce Benhart. Uh, come in there at maybe right tackle and kick yeah. 40 off down to guard and see yes. how that uh, improves. Um, but I got, think he's going to be the future of our offensive line, him and then that recruit we got coming in. Right. So uh, one of the top recruits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the dude from uh, Kansas or whatever. Yeah. Turner Corcoran. Turner Corcoran. Yeah. He's like one of the top, top 10 recruits we've had in recent history. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's, I think we're building a little bit of a pipeline. Hopefully. I mean, we've said it a million times, but hopefully that's the case. Yeah. And speaking of building a pipeline, you know, I, this week, you know, I kind of sat down and kind of went back because, you know, the big theme is it's not enough depth. There's not enough talent on the roster. And I was just going through the recruiting classes and I, 
came across this beautiful recruiting class of 2017. <laughs> oh, what a class it was. Um, you know, your normal recruiting class is, what, 25 to 30 guys, depending the on – The Calabrasca class. Yes, this was the big <laughs> Calabrasca The future. Class. This was, this was going to be the class that uh, skyrocketed uh, Nebraska back into uh, national relevancy. And, you know, they were all over Twitter, <coughs> you know, Buki and Ty John Lindsay and um, what's the guy, uh, Darnay Holmes. I mean, yeah. <coughs> all these guys, it was the Calabrasca's crew. And uh, – you know, we signed 23 guys. So these guys would be in your – right now would be your redshirt sophomores or your uh, true juniors. And right now, 10 of those guys, two years in, had already transferred out of the program. And that's including your top five recruits from the class. That's Tyshawn uh. Lindsey, Avery Roberts, Tristan Jebbia, Keyshawn Johnson, and Guy Thomas. Those guys have all left the program, and most of them with, with inside of a year or a year and a half. And so there's more than that, isn't there? No, that, that was just the top five guys that we lost. Oh, so okay. Those are the top you, five yeah, yeah. Okay, rated yeah. signees that we signed in 2017 that have all already transferred out. Um, and they're not playing any downs for Nebraska now. Yeah. And, uh, oh, and excuse me, Elijah Blades also. He was a, yeah. uh, he was another top recruit. So he's starting at Texas a and uh, That right. goes along with <laughs> Willie Hampton, Andre Ward, Ben Miles, and Deontay Watts. So 10 out of 23 guys out of that class have left and we have out of that class that's a junior that is your junior class we have one starter and that's uh is our best offensive lineman and arguably yeah do you, yeah, yes do you think yeah. it's just because none of those dudes were frost guys and they were kind of scared away of that because recruited by riley or do you well, think that a lot of them transferred before frost even got yeah, here. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, elijah true. blades elijah blades he never showed up those, He's probably been associated with five different universities up to this point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, he is was, a true slut of college football. Yeah, he was an Oregon guy at one point. I think a USC guy at one point. Miami then, guy. I don't know. And then ended up at a and So when you have one starter, so just for perspective, 2017, we have one starter out of that class. The 2018 class, we have eight starters out of that class. So what's that tell you? I mean, that's, it's it's basically one whole year of no recruiting. I mean, one starter, and then we've got a couple guys that are contributors: um, Damian Daniels, Austin Allen, Brock Bando, and uh, Detrone Thomas. Um, outside of that, you've got Jalen Bradley. Bradley, they ain't seen the field. Yeah, he's disappeared. Yeah, Chris Walker, they ain't seen the field. Well, he got hurt early. Yeah, he he hasn't played. A he's game. a beast, though. Yeah, he's a he's a weightlifting guy. So yeah, yep. that's. <laughs> you know, whatever. And Kurt Rapidal, <laughs> which is a third string tight end. So one whole class of getting absolutely nothing in return will set your program back. I mean, that's basically the death penalty for, for recruiting. Yeah. One guy. I we mean, didn't do anything wrong and we got a recruiting class stolen from us. Exactly. Right. exactly. I guess then I guess we shouldn't really be shocked with our on season production, I guess, knowing those facts. Actually, too. actually we did do something wrong. We hired Mike Riley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And just mm-hmm. got on board this Calabrascus, uh, you know, and you know, and some of those guys have transferred from their schools that they uh, transferred from already. I mean, or yeah. picked other schools. It's like Tyjon Lindsay and Avery Roberts are both starting at Oregon State though. Yep. And Keyshawn uh, Johnson's Stuff he just, inside the sideline any time. Yeah, ever. he just, uh, you know, decided football wasn't for him anymore, you know. I mean, how nice would that to be have uh, a couple of those guys playing 
you know, Tyjon Lindsay could help this team out. Keyshawn Johnson yeah, could have helped this team out. Avery yeah, Roberts could probably. Avery Roberts could Roberts help, could us help this guy Thomas. I mean, I don't know if he could play, but the motherfucker looked the part. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's... Ben Ben Miles had to leave because we don't have a fullback in our. Yeah, but I thought it was stupid. Now, I would have. I would have had a fullback just. <laughs> now we're running the damn I formation, but you know, we told the fullback that uh, we ain't got a spot for him. The right? only four-star ben, fullback I, ever. Yeah. I bet Ben Miles is a hell of a player, and I'm sure he could play linebacker. He's explosive. He's compact. He's strong. Like, what the hell do exactly. we why do we get rid of that guy? Yeah, now he's playing for his daddy down there in uh, Kansas. So, uh, man, but just I, I'd rather be at Nebraska than Kansas. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, if somebody says uh, we ain't got a spot for you, we ain't got a spot for you. So right, you know, stupid. Got to make got to make that business move. Right, <laughs> exactly. So. Uh, just I don't know. I just thought that was staggering that ten out of twenty three, um, two years, two years in had uh, left the program already. Just not I mean, great. There's obviously Happy. gonna be there's obviously gonna be guys that leave the program from each class or guys that don't pan out. But um, for forty five percent of your uh, class to be gone from the school within two years, it definitely it definitely uh, creates a lack of depth or skill depth. I mean. You know. Taylor, what's our class breakdown look like? Uh, well, yeah, because right now we're we're uh, allowing any kid in the state of high school or in the state of Nebraska that plays high school football. If you would like to come walk on to Nebraska, come on in because we will we will op- we will accept you with open arms. We have the biggest roster in the country. We have 154 players on our team. When the next biggest is 105 players, so we have 78 freshmen on our team currently, which. I mean, that's, I mean, that's almost a whole football team in itself. So it's, I don't know if he needs to be more concerned about the numbers or the, you know, it depends what kind of guy you are. You know, there, there's, quality, always, quality hey, there's, the always, there's always uh, two kinds of guys out there, right? Some guys are like uh, quantity and some guys are like quality. So, <laughs> well, <it's> the, <laughs> so we won't even go there, yeah, but, <laughs> we won't go down that road, but, <laughs> but the walk-on program's back, Taylor. I mean, that should, that should uh, lead to immediate success right oh, because I mean, that's what we did in the 90s that's what we did in the 90s yeah i mean yes there's there's gonna be a couple walk-ons that uh jump up and you know end up getting more than you thought but i mean do we really need to let every i mean walk this walk on wednesday bullshit's gotta go i saw, yeah please I, please i saw uh, jordan Poole say you know how about five star friday when are we gonna start that? yeah you know <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah when, i like the sound of that yeah when when's five star friday coming i mean this walk on wednesday bullshit it's a great comment. comment. So yeah, seventy-eight uh, freshmen on this roster, twenty-eight junior or twenty-eight sophomores, twenty-four juniors, and twenty-four seniors. So, and it's... you know what the problem with that that breakdown is? Like, yeah. every, everyone's going to look at it and say, "Oh, well, we got help coming." No, yeah. we have we have two and three stars coming. Exactly, that's all we recruit right now, or no stars. <laughs> yeah, guys are not even rain. They just straight yeah. N- NR. <laughs> Ouch. God. You hate God. to see it. You hate, yeah. to see, yeah, you, you hate to see the NR, you know, <laughs> fucking, but whatever. Um, you know, another thing, I guess, you know, back to the Minnesota game that, uh, you know, Fleck said after the game was that, um, you know, we knew that Nebraska's defense was strong up the middle, uh, but we felt like if we could get those guys running sideline to sideline that uh, they wouldn't get in their run fits and they would be missing tackles. And, Zach, we talked about this, what, two, three episodes mm. ago about these run fits. And this defense is totally schemed up to do exactly that. It's pinch the middle and have your linebackers flown into gaps to make the tackles. And our linebackers are too slow, and they're, they're catching blocks. Drew, can you tell us a little bit about uh, catching blocks? You played fullback in college. 
uh, I mean, that's the thing you like to see the most is the linebacker just catching you, or do you want to see him come in the hole and meet you? Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, yeah. Well, I love smash mouth football. It's a mentality. It's like the way the position is meant to be played, right? You got to come down. You got to smash. You don't want to go underneath blocks because you're getting blocked for sure. Yep. Um, but our linebackers are slow, and they don't fill, and they catch, and they're just on their heels. Like, there's a saying we say in football, to our, especially to our players, do you want to be the hammer or the nail? Right. And, <laughs> the and bug right. or the windshield. You can, you can only be one. You can be exactly. only, only be one. I mean, exactly. You know, I mean, Mo, Mo Berry, uh, Will Honus, and Colin Miller, they're getting caught up in traffic. They're overreading. Um, they're just uh, – just the steps are off. And, and unfortunately, even if their steps are right sometimes – they're not fast enough to get to the outside and fill, fill the hole. So no. it's, yeah, know. well, I'm starting to think that maybe our defensive scheme is putting our linebackers in bad spots overall. I mean, well, I, yeah, I've I, talked it, about it before. I, I don't like a three, four. I like a four, three and Taylor yeah. saying the same thing. Yeah. I think, I think we have decent talent at linebacker. They're just consistently in the wrong spots to make plays. I, and I just don't understand how we fix that with, with the scheme we have. Right. And, you know, yeah. one of the guys, uh, you know, obviously the Twitter banner brought up, oh, the 4-3 three, or the 3-4 three, is shit. It's like, well, uh, guess, who, guess who runs the 3-4 yeah. at Wisconsin? <laughs> yep. guess, guess who ain't gave up a, a point in four out of six games? It's Wisconsin. But you know it's also, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's fitting a scheme to the players you have and not trying yeah. to fit the players into the scheme you want to run. Right. Right. Now, also, if you want to, if people want to talk about the 3-4, I just personally don't like it. I don't think it's the best if you don't have superstars. But Alabama runs a 3-4. They're pretty good, you know. So it right. can be done. They're not bad. They're not bad. No. They're not bad. <laughs> they're, they're decent. But I think it's easier when you have a four-man front because the guards don't have a free release to those inside linebackers. Inside right. linebacker versus guard in a run play, it's a bad matchup. Right. Yeah, especially our, our – Mo Berry is undersized. I, he's listed yeah. at he's listed at 6'1", 245. My motherfucking ass, he's 6'1", 245. That guy is 5'11", 230. Yeah, that guy, that guy is 5'9", 215, okay? Oh, uh, he might be taller than that. No, yeah, I'm, I'm saying like 5'11", 230 maybe. Yeah, oh, that's I, probably I more know. accurate. That, that guy looks pretty small there at uh, Fan Usually they only give you an inch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's... Maybe that's just D three stuff. D three talk. <laughs> yeah. And NBA, you know, NBA they give you yeah. like three or four extra. Inches. You know, they those came NBA out... players don't need any extra. Yeah, inches. they came out and they now Draymond Green's listed at six four. It's like Jesus God. Christ, man! <laughs> Can you? I thought you, you were six seven. I thought you were yeah. six seven, brother. You six know? four. Yeah, six four. Boy, yeah, ridiculous. But, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, obviously when a team's struggling like this and it's getting down to the ease, end of the season, um, that wonderful new uh, redshirt rule, um, you know, comes into uh, – it comes into place and it's uh, – it's you got to be strategic about it. Um, obviously, you guys, you don't want to be burning up guys' redshirt just for, um, you know, just for a couple games. You want to get them the four games, get them some exposure – and not to mention, I think there's some guys in this freshman class that can uh, come in and uh, help us win a ball game or two here down the stretch. Um, you know, I'm looking at uh, obviously we already talked about Bryce Benhart, but I'm looking at Ty Robinson. I mean, yeah. right now the uh, Davis twins aren't getting it done on uh, at that three four um, defensive end. Um, Ty Robinson is a guy that I, I look to see playing these next, uh, getting his four games in and uh, getting on the field. Uh, anybody else you guys want to see out there, or uh, from the freshman class, or you, or expect to see out there? You, t- you took you took my two. Those, yeah. those those exactly the two that I I put down. And I would. I say, mean, I, yeah. I talked big on Ty Robinson preseason, right? After seeing him at Fan Day when we went to, but 
Big, um, big dude. He's he's a big dude, and he's he he's an all American, uh, Army all American guy, and yep. I think and he's got some nastiness yeah. to him. Yeah, he does. Got some and, I mean, how him. can you not? You right. know, with with that size and where he the 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 level of high school football he came from. Right, exactly. Yeah. Arizona, Arizona is big time in uh, high school football, and they're getting absolutely better each year. Spencer so. Rattler. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so Austin Jackson, five star left tackle for USC. Yeah. Um. You know, Saguaro. Swarrow High School yeah. down there in Scottsdale. It was three blocks away from me when I lived down there. And they've got 23 dudes going D1 off their team right now. Um, they're we should probably get a couple country. of those guys. Yeah, we're actually the one dude that Pipeline. just committed to, uh, to, from Washington, yep. the cornerback. Um, yep. He's from Saguaro, and uh, we're one of his uh, top three after he nice. decommitted. So, um, But other guys I'm looking at, you know, we, we've been talking about the linebackers not being able to run sideline to sideline. How about Nick Henrich or uh, Jackson Hanna? Yeah. Um, what about uh, Noah Paula Gates? Yeah, Paula Gates, I think, you know, I think he's got in one game already because he got that mm-hmm. uh, personal yeah. foul a couple games ago. Yeah. But definitely would like to see him out there because, like you said, uh, he – I think he's got some dog in him. And, yeah. you know, come up and hit somebody. The one guy – the one dude on our defense and maybe the entire team that was playing that had some dog was uh, Williams – you know, Deontay Williams. Um, yeah. Of course, he got hurt with the first game of the season. Yeah. But it's – Well, plus you you almost risk the chance of uh, these players transferring if you don't give them some clock too. Right. Yeah. Exactly. When you see somebody out in your position underperforming, oh, and you're not mm-hmm. getting a look. Uh, yeah, that could do it. Um, also, uh, the uh, the JUCO transfer, the Kareem Green. Jakeem, Jakeem Green. Jakeem Green. They uh, call him Keem. They call him yeah, Keem. Well, Keem the dream. Fucking let's see what you got, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm sure he's going to be getting in there at uh, see some defensive tackle, um, probably maybe even at that 3-4 DN. So, you know, seeing him and Ty Robinson in there, it's, you know, there's – I want to see some other people get involved and see what else we have. Well, uh, Cross said that in the in the press conference Tuesday too. He, he, he did say – we're going to start giving some some guys that haven't got him some looks. Right. And I think um, hopefully this game opened his eyes a little bit. And like, hey, but another thing I want to just push push in there on Frost is I think it's time for him to kind of take a different mindset. <laughs> oh, um, my God. And I, know, and I know that's, you know, what everyone in this state is saying. But, yeah. like, okay. You don't you don't disclose injuries. That's fine. I, you right. do it. For, you do it for preparation purposes. Well, it isn't helping us. <laughs> like no, it's not <laughs> giving us no advantage whatsoever. Zero advantage. <laughs> like we, we we're not. You know we're not we're not getting a, a one up on any of our opponents so far because you're not disclosing uh, injuries or for that matter suspensions. And I'm looking right. at Mo, Mo Wash here. Right. When we when he just sat out that first half because of a suspension. Right. Okay. It's, he 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 was suspended. He was suspended. He didn't play, right. but at the same time, no one knows why. Right. So how does that hold the kid accountable? Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying put all of his business out there, but at the same time, say it was a violation of team rules or something. Put him on blast a little bit. So yeah. He, so he somewhat learns Academic a lesson. Something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, who's to say he's just going to be like, oh well, I can just do this again. It's, I mean, I might I might sit out a half, but. Right. You know, it doesn't matter because no one knows what it is. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, and I think we could all can agree on, I mean, it happened again last week. Uh, I think I'm, uh, after Monday's practice, oh, it was the best Monday practice we ever had. Yeah. If I hear that one more fucking time, I'm going to pull out my goddamn hair because I, <laughs> it's, it's just, it honestly it's makes stupid. It's bleed. getting redundant. Just, 
It is. And the best, your best Monday practice ever, and then you come out and get blown out by Minnesota. I mean, when is he going to come a, out It's and a say, mindset, though. It's when is mindset. he going to come out and say the game on Saturday we've ever played? When In 18 games, 19 games now, he has yet to come out and say that. But how many practices ever? 48 of them? I mean, apparently. <laughs> yeah, at least. At least. How, how hard is it to say, like, we learned, we, we learned a lot from the last game and we worked on those things today, and yeah. I feel like we may come out and we're going we're, we're gonna, to, you know, improve what, what you saw right. in the field. Right. We came Something out, like that. We came out, practiced hard, and we feel like we got a little bit better today. Best practice. Yeah. Come on. Realize it's about as stupid as possible. So Seriously. I hope he cuts Plus. that out. How could he have the best practice ever? He's only one guy. He can't watch every position group practice. Right. It's just, yeah. Um, how do you guys feel about, you know, after the game on the press conference, for, uh, uh, we're going to get away from each other for a little bit and then uh, come back and regroup. How do you guys feel about um, him saying that, uh, I don't know, it, to me, I read into that, that uh, kind of give the guys a couple of days off and then uh, regroup, uh, I don't know, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, do you think? Do you think that's what they need or after – getting blown out like that it needs to be right back in the you know the next day well i heard something a little bit different i heard that it was more of long, along the lines of hey we're going to let these guys take some time time off and we are going to let them decide what they want to do and if they want to come back and they want to work hard then then we'll see them at practice it's yeah. like hey shit yeah. or get off the pot like yeah, yeah let's who go really, who really wants to get better i mean that answers your question right there he's basically calling out his team is like who's ready to go to work who's going to get better or are you just going to go off in all land and go on vacation? Yeah, because if, if you're going to give these guys some time apart, I mean, that to me sounds like it doesn't sound good. It sounds no. like it sounds it like sounds you don't know the answer. And you're just fishing for stuff. It, if yeah. any time you need to be you need to be united as ever right now, because you just took on a really, really bad loss. Yeah. And it's it's time to, you know, regroup and get your shit back together. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I, I guess I took it definitely. I took it as. They, uh, you know, it's just they need a break from each other. It's way, it's the way he phrased it, and the way I it came across to me, which, you know, I, could, you could see it as a bad thing. You see it as a good thing. I think that, uh, you know, in any job or anything in life, you know, a little time apart definitely helps things out. And, you know, you people, people are acting like this season's already a wall. We're sitting at four and three. Um, you know, I, I, this, you know, this is just speak, but we're we're technically still in the Big Ten West race. Um, yeah. games left we're there's a lot of yeah. football to be played like we you try said, to play for a bowl win, game at least yeah we go out and win three of these five games which uh we will probably be favored in three of the five and then the iowa game is going to be probably a within three points so you know you go out and win three of these games take you to the bowl and get to eight wins total for the season i mean you know eight and five i mean who's not who's not feeling uh going into uh next season after that you know so it's yeah. just it's just you know i think the the bye week is coming at the right time, you know, take this in two the next two week in increments, you know, it's all right. We've got Indiana at home and we got Purdue on the road, two very winnable games, two games that we should win. We have to win. And that's the way they need to look at it. You know, you come out and win these two games, you're sitting at six and three. And then it's, uh, I think if you get to six wins, you're playing with house money for the other three games, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. You're bowl eligible. So, Let's go. Exactly. You're bowl eligible. You can, you know, let your And you get down. all those needed practices, too. Yes. Exactly. The whole month An of extra practice. month of practice. Yeah. Right. And not to mention, you know, practice. 
you know, you got the early signing period in December and you don't want to be the only team out there competing for mm-hmm. uh, four stars when, uh, oh, actually, we don't have practice because we didn't make a bowl game for the third year in a row. <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah, I, I mean, that's tough. just ridiculous. So it's just a lot. There's a lot left to play for in this game. But, um, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, Nebraska fans, they, you know, we feel like, oh, it's it's just us. And this these problems aren't isolated to Nebraska. I mean, we could be Florida State. Florida yeah. State three and three, Miami's three and three, Virginia Tech's four and three, USC three and three, UCLA one and five, Tennessee two and four, Texas A and M three and three. Those are big time blue blood mm-hmm. programs that are. I mean Tennessee. I mean shit. They've been they're way worse than we are, and been oh, way worse yeah. than we are. Um, and then you got teams like Florida State, and Miami. I mm-hmm. mean they have no excuse ever to be bad. I Never. Mean, they get they get their or UCLA pick, really. Yeah, you got, they get their pickings of talent, and you know it's right in their backyard. So these problems aren't isolated just to Nebraska. You've got t- Miami, Florida State, Tennessee, and USC. I mean, those are three of the three of the top 10, 12 programs in the history of college football. You know what they? In, you know what they say, Taylor? Uh, Mis- misery loves company. Right. It is. It, I know. It's just, I just feel like that Nebraska is like, oh, it's just us. We've been down for 20 years. No, no it's not just us. It happens to every single program. Alabama, yeah, just been Alabama and Oklahoma, they both had off, off times yeah. too in the, the 90s and early 2000s. The mid, the mid and late 90s, Alabama and Oklahoma weren't shit. So no. it's, it's just, uh, you know, it's just cyclical. It's college football is uh, when Nick Saban leaves Alabama, Alabama will go back to being. Uh, you know, an average team. And, you know, it's just stay the course, put in the time, and, uh, you know, we're going to get back to respectability and being on a national stage and being a national being a national power. We're never going to get back to the mid-90s, you no. know, going 60 and 3 in five years. But uh, I think we can definitely be where Wisconsin's at right now. Yeah. That's for goddamn sure. So They're uh, good. Wisconsin's really good. I'm anxious to see them play Ohio State they, here. In they might weeks. be better than Ohio State. They, they might be a better team. They're not more yeah, talented than right. Ohio no. State. Yeah, I know. I yeah. think if the game the was better in Madison. better team usually wins, though. I would say if the game was in Madison, I, I would say it, I almost advantage uh, yeah. Wisconsin. But, yeah. uh, but I'm anxious to see that game. Um, the thing I don't want to see is I don't want to see them basically split it, you know, Ohio State wins this one, and uh, Wisconsin wins the conference one, and then uh, they split and leaves the Big Ten out of the goddamn uh, college yeah. football playoff again for the third straight year. It's like because you know what they're doing; they're itching to put two SEC teams in there again. You know, whoever they're they're going to try to put LSU and Alabama in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's I don't know. I you know outside of Nebraska, I I like to root for the Big Ten, and you know want because I, I I truly believe that uh, Wisconsin and Ohio State are two of the top five teams in the country. A hundred percent. hundred percent. It'd just be a damn shame if they didn't get to uh, try to prove that on the uh, national level. But um, I guess that takes us into, um, you know, our favorite uh, segment of the, of the day, a uh, little gambling segment. Um, your boy over here continues to, uh, you know, just hover around the 500 line. Um, Heard that. Week, last <laughs> week going three and three. Zach uh, went three and three. Drew, how'd you, how'd you do last week? Two and four. Two and four. So, Drew, <laughs> um, if you're listening. Continues to be in the cellar. <laughs> so, if you're listening, if you faded Drew's bets this season, you're up about uh, ten games. So. I did. Yeah, you're, you're up a lot. Week. Good work. <laughs> so, it's for everybody out there, just take my picks and do the opposite, and you're sitting pretty. <laughs> yes, yes. 
and <laughs> jump on them hard. Also, so. <laughs> but, um, but let's go ahead and get into uh, the picks this weekend. It's, it's a pretty, uh, pretty not great weekend of college football. There's not too many big games. I think game day is at uh, the Penn State Michigan game. Mm-hmm. Um, Michigan is terrible on the eyes. I mean. Just a really bad team to watch play football. Um, They've only lost one game, and they win the they win close games. So, well, yeah, um, but it should be a good game. Penn State's yeah. pretty pretty damn good. We'll but, see. Um, we'll see. You know, it's it, it'll probably be one of those Big Ten games, mm-hmm. thirteen, seventeen. You know, something yep. along those lines. But um, uh, once you guys go ahead and give me your picks for the week, and uh, let's get into that. I got to start out with this. I got to start out with this. Did you guys see? the story about the Alabama student called in a bomb threat to during Absolutely. the LSU. <laughs> so, so this Alabama student calls in a bomb threat to the LSU Florida game because his buddy was about to, was on the verge of losing a large bet. <laughs> that's, that's the kind of friend yeah, I need. That's, that's dedication, man. That's, that's the kind of guy I need in the Fox. What a good friend. Where were you fuckers at during the Ohio State? <laughs> right? Oh, man. Jesus. Just That's, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I only I only put a little bit on Nebraska that game, but a little scratch. Um no, yeah, I went three and three last week. Uh I'm one game shy of fifty percent on the season. So right. I've kind of just been ho hum all year. But I and uh, like Taylor said, I don't love the board this week. I really don't. I, right. I looked at all the games and it seemed like every other like ninety percent of the games were double digit spreads. Right. Which yeah. is it's tough to pick, but um, as usual, I got my Mac Chin pick of the week, which is again a Sun Belt game. Um, <laughs> but I have I have South Alabama plus seventeen right now. Oh, that's looking pretty good. It's looking pretty good at Troy. Yeah. Um, yep. So I got that uh, team that we lost to last year, and a team that uh, almost got this us. year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, I back to what you said earlier, uh, Taylor. I think Troy is still the worst loss of the Frost era. Um, um, yeah, I but mean, we, we won't even get back Andrew into that. We, we've turned the page on that one. Um, yep. I like Stanford, um, uh, minus seven. I just checked it earlier. Minus seven versus UCLA. I think it's tomorrow. Yeah. yeah this is Friday night. Game. The spread's Friday changed night. though now. The spread's got oh, even yeah, lower. Yep. Yeah. It, it was at eight before, so I had to change that one. Yep. Um, and then I got Florida minus five and a half at South Carolina uh, on Saturday. I think South Carolina might see a little bit of a hangover yep, from their big down. win. Yep. Yep. And then I got Michigan plus nine at Penn State. Like you said, I think it's going to be a close Big Ten type of game. And then the late the late night game on Saturday night that no one will watch, um, Boise State minus six and a half at BYU. Mm. Okay. True. Uh, what are you seeing out there? Uh, not, not like I said, not too many great games on the board. But uh, you seeing any ways to make some money? <laughs> uh, yeah, on a, to get on a winning streak, you know, <laughs> dig yourself out of that hole. <laughs> we gotta get the shovel out. Cause I gotta do a lot of digging this week. So I was two and four last week, like I said. Uh, yep. You know, standard process: keep fading my bets, keep making that money. I also took uh, Stanford, but peculiarly enough, the line is now minus four Stanford versus UCLA. Jeez. So get on that one. Uh, Get a new bookie. It's because sharps like me and Ravy have been betting it down. Exactly. Good work. (laughs) And then uh, Florida minus five South Carolina, the same exact reason Zach said. Then I got Cal minus 11 versus Oregon State. I think Cal's defense is going to shut them down. Yep. 
Then we got ASU plus 13 and a half at Utah. I just looked right now. It's actually to minus 14 Utah. So I'm taking ASU two touchdowns. You know, I like yeah. them. I think they're doing the right things. I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a full on believer in Utah. No, I mean, uh, you know, people talk about, oh, it's only been two years. Well, look what Herm Edwards has done at Arizona State already. I yeah. Mean, they're five and one. And I mean, they've got that quarterback, uh, Jaden yeah. Daniels. About yep. to be guy. freshman All American. Yeah. So, um, and their so, defense yeah. is real tough, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know how good the Pac 12 is. Um, I think they've got just a bunch of decent teams, nothing, no great teams, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, they're five and one and they beat Michigan State, you know, so. We're going to uh, see Oregon-Washington this week, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's a big so, – te- the next big test for Oregon to see if they're sure. actually relevant. Yeah. Right. So yeah. – The last um, – actually, the second to last pick, I got A&M minus six and a half at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. And then for my Nebraska pick, I'm taking Nebraska this week in the bye week. Yeah. <laughs> That's my blood bank lock of the week, Nebraska beating the bye week. <laughs> yep. So – well, let's hope so. <laughs> yeah. um, for myself, uh, I think we all saw that Stanford game. Uh, I saw it early. I got got in at uh, Stanford minus seven. I mean, I'm basically betting against UCLA every single week in some way, shape, or form mm. because yes. they are uh, complete dog shit. I've showed no pulse whatsoever playing football. And um, so I'm taking Stanford minus seven. Uh, next, I got Clemson. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, eat you lay all those points. points. I'm going to go ahead and lay those points uh, against Louisville 24. Um, you know, I think uh, Clemson's going to start getting into form and start blowing people out, getting ramped up for uh, to uh, go ahead and get into the college football playoff again and uh, do what they do. So um, I like them big this week. Also, yeah. I got uh, Purdue plus 18 at Iowa. Um, mm. Iowa's defense is very good. Um, their offense has scored one touchdown in the last 26 possessions. So, um, Iowa's inability to score the ball and all of a sudden, um, have been turning over the ball, um, uh, like mad dogs lately. So, um, I like Purdue plus 18 and a half. You a hate very... to see it. You hate to see it. <laughs> in a, in a very low scoring big 10 affair. Um, also I'm, I'm on Michigan plus eight and a half at Penn state. Um, Michigan's offense isn't very good, but their defense is top notch. And I think they'll be able to keep it close. And once again, another great Big Ten low scoring affair. You know, you know, stop me if you're seeing a pattern here. Um, <laughs> but uh, then I've got Kentucky plus 25 at Georgia. Georgia is just lacking offensive playmakers, uh, especially on the outside, receiver wise. Um, I just don't see the big play threats from Georgia. And I don't see enough from them to uh, to cover the whole twenty five. So I'm taking Kentucky in the points. And Jake Fromm is just more of a is more of a game manager, right? Yeah. He's yeah. not a he's not a big time guy. Yeah, no. and 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 it's crazy to see you know the other guys that he's ran off from there, especially just being a game manager. Yeah. I mean, think about how dynamic they'd be with um, Justin, Justin Fields, Fields, Justin Fields, or, or Jacob Eason. Yeah, Jacob yeah. Eason. I mean, but uh, you know, Jacob Eason is going to be a first round pick this year in the draft. So it's. I mean, Fromm could be too, you know, because yeah. somebody's going to take a chance on him. I mean, well, yeah, they will because of just it's like uh, size and size and ability. Size and yeah. not throwing picks. Right. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, if you're a game manager in college, I mean, it's, that's what you want as a – it's going to take to – that's what's going to do you in the league. I mean – Well, especially just, when you have the size and stuff because they, they draft you based on that. Look at Josh yeah. Rosen. Yeah. I mean, he's got the leadership uh, tendencies and aspects of it. So, I mean – I like the guy. He's he is what yeah. he is. He's QB one guy. Yeah, he's nothing <laughs> dynamic. Um, but uh, 
you know, he's ran off two uh, five-star quarterbacks, so he, yeah. he's obviously pretty decent. Yeah, he can but, handle uh, competition. <laughs> you can see, yeah, uh, that might bring the best out. Maybe they need to get yeah. somebody else in there. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they got a five-star already committed oh, to him. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure of it. So, um, yeah, Zach, you're uh, South Alabama. They see they're down 13 currently and just dropped a wide-open touchdown. But And we're driving. We're driving. Yep. So, um, but um, – that's about it. You know, I think this uh, bye week for Nebraska is coming right at the right time. Touchdown. It's, uh, oh, it's, man. Like, like Zach said early, it's uh, time to shit or get off the pot, and it's time to get some of those younger guys in that are hungry, ready to take their position. So, you want to keep your spot, it's time to uh, nut up or shut up. So, um, any last words for you guys? Beat the bye week. Beat the bye week, and, uh, you know, this is the moment in the season where we decide our fate. Do we get better or do we fold up our tent and go home? Right. Exactly. It's, these next five games will define this senior class, this Mo Berry. Um, this will define your career at Nebraska because, you know, you're more than likely not going to play at the next level. So you need to take these next five games with, uh, with the utmost seriousness and put every last bit of everything you have into it. So um, we will be here watching and rooting and uh, we're hoping for the best. So, Go Big Red. We'll see you guys next week.